Good day and welcome to the Better Modesto Show on KFIB 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, with my co-host, Chris Ricky, And we have a very special episode lined up today uh, with a community advocate, a chief advocate. But before I introduce our very special guest, I just wanted to check in how... Chris, Chris, how are you and how's the city going? You know, we are, we are tackling problems, you know, every day. Um, oh, I know you are. <laughs> I know you are, that's for sure. You're out there, I know you are. We spent the last couple of weeks working on budgeting, and so, like, we had this huge budget, uh, you know, committee meeting with the finance committee. It was, like, three days long, and they went through all the stuff they wanted to spend money on, and now, you know, behind the scenes... You don't hear about the behind the scenes. Ooh. Behind the scenes, Ooh. negotiating, Whoa. we being the council, trying to talk about our priorities and how that fits in with what the city... Because the city's job essentially is to channel the desires of all the council members and then put it into a budget, right? And yeah. We all vote on it together. And ideally, you know, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Wow. How many kumbayas did you guys uh, sing together? This past I mean, negotiation. we've been singing kumbayas for three years. So okay. That. That's awesome. Um, but uh, anyway, I think that with Measure H, there's more pressure on us hmm. to really produce and to really make inroads into some of our big problems. And so some of those things are like, we need to make our city safer. We need to improve our response times with the fire department. We need to get better service. In our for out of our forestry department, we need to improve our parks. They need to be more usable. They need to be safer. They need to be centers for our community, right? Mm, yeah. And these are things that we kind of said that if you give us this measure H money, we're going to really address. And so now the council's like, how are we addressing these things? Do yeah. we feel good about how we're doing this? Where is it? Where you know? How do we keep swinging on this? So it was a big week. You know, yeah. week, week, and then we ain't done, right? So, like, that's just that part. Um, coming up this Tuesday, that's May 9th. Okay. Um, there's going to be a discussion at city council meeting about homelessness. And so, what does that mean to our listeners? Well, number one, it means that your council wants to have a discussion on this in public, and we want the public's feedback on what they think of homelessness right now solutions that maybe we're not doing all that good stuff but it'll also be an opportunity for the city to present what they're how they are managing homeless the different things they're doing um, talk about the things that are working talk about the things that aren't working talk about old solutions that we've been doing for a while and how they've done talk about new strategies that they're going to put in place so this is a really critical council meeting. I've been pushing for this meeting for quite some time. It's like finally happening. So okay. I'm really excited about it. Um, it. This is not a deal where you have to come down to City Hall. You can, and I encourage that. It's a good way to participate. But like we also realize we all have lives. You know, we've got, maybe we got kids. Maybe we got, you know, a job out of town. Maybe the, the City Council meeting at 530 is right in the middle of your commute, right? You can call into the city council meeting on Zoom. You don't have to have your camera on or anything. You can just have it on your, on your you know, car play or in your ear, earphones or whatever, you know, and, or at home when you're doing dishes or mowing the lawn or whatever. Like yeah. Just tune in, participate. You don't have to be at the meeting necessarily. Yeah. And so I just totally encourage that. Make your comments, you know, participate in your government. 
and make our city better, right? That's why we're here. Yeah, that's true. And I, I mean, I appreciate the accessibility of it. Um, and I, one thing I was excited about this newly minted city council is that uh, a lot of the people who are running for those positions who won were people who wanted to address the homelessness issue, yeah. you know? And so, so cool to see from behind the scenes as flies fly on the wall that I, you know, that we are here in the Better Modesto <laughs> show uh, to what happened, what's happening in city council is that it's cool to see, okay, we are making progress. You guys want to have this discussion out in public and get public opinion. So yeah. that's so huge. That is so well, huge. I just want to pull the curtain back a little bit, right? Because it's complicated. As an average, just the average person doesn't understand, like, why is the city doing X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. But what all this comes down to a lot of times is that the money is organized in different ways. Some of the money is administered by the state of California. Most of the money for homelessness is engaged by the county of Stanislaus. And then the city has programs on top of that. And so we're asking these huge organizations, state, county, city, to work together to solve this overwhelming problem. And that is a lot harder to do than it sounds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> a lot of resources, a lot of different minds, and a lot of different priorities as well. Correct. So I'm glad that you guys are there. You all are there, you know, advocating for our city. Um, and yeah, you know, hopefully we can try something here that could also fit the model in other places. That would be great. And what I'll say is that when the city goes out on a limb and tries a new program, like what we did with the chat officers, right? yeah. like that was like way out on a limb. Basically, we were one of the first cities in our area to experiment with this, like having social workers out in the community helping the homeless every single day. When that phone call comes in to the police department at 911, they will dispatch chat if we have an available officer to a homeless call, if that homeless is a homeless person in need, right? Yeah. And that is how it's working great, right? In the county, they saw that it was working great and they were like, we'll help you fund that program. That kind of cooperation between you know, these different government agencies is so critical if we're going to, like, solve this problem. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, hey, I'm glad you guys are doing the work, and uh, I really encourage our listeners to go out there and zoom in or go in person to really be able to hear what's going on in our government, and also even if you have any, give some input as well. Absolutely. Um, More input from people is amazing. It is, it is. And I'm looking forward to hearing people's stories and experiences in terms of, you know, how's homelessness in Modesto affecting your life, your family's life, the quality of life in Modesto overall, and what do you think we should, what what else should we be doing? Yeah, yeah. Stories are important, Chris. <laughs> stories are important. And we have a guest today who has his own story as well, and we're excited to introduce is our very special guest, uh, he is the chief advocate for Chalk Wild, Charlie Nguyen. That's correct. Hi. Thank you. It's like Jeopardy <laughs> sometimes over here. Um, I'm super excited. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. I, you know, I'm actually curious because as we were talking a little off air with, with Chris, um, we see you a lot, of the, a lot of different spaces. And I think... Um, I, I mean, not only did, are you a, obviously a chief advocate for Chalk Wild, which you'll hear about a little bit more, 
Um, but you're also, I feel like, an advocate for our community. You want to make sure that people <clears throat> underserved communities are getting resources. Um, you're very engaged civically. Like, I think, I would say you're like goals, right? In the sense of like, <laughs> you know, you're just out there doing the work and making sure that, you know, you're advocating for, for youth. And we serve on the board as well for the Boys and Girls Club. Yep. Um, and so I get to see you and work and see different spaces. And yeah, I'm, just know yeah. that I have great admiration for the stories you tell and also for just you, your presence in spaces, so. Yeah, thank you. Um, the reason for that, um, I came to Modesto in 89 from Vietnam <clears throat> and I never liked Modesto. So I was trying to escape, right? <laughs> I went to Jace for two years, went to UC Davis and then I came back when I worked for Gallo and then like, I don't like Modesto. So I went to Bay Area and worked for Bay Area. I was always trying to escape Modesto. Hmm. Um, so in 2000, 2007, I, I moved to Vietnam and worked there for about five years. So when I moved back here in 2011, my first thought, like, first thought was like, okay, I'm gonna see if you can move to the Bay Area, right? That's what, it's fun and all that stuff. <clears throat> and so I didn't, so I decided to make Modesto my home. So I said, I'm gonna give it a shot, right? I'm gonna make an effort to make Modesto my home. So, and people are, in general pretty decent so you know make, you gotta make you gotta put into whatever you want to get out of it so that's one reason why you see me different places is I wanna get involved wanna know what's going on yeah and we've got to have you know people like Chris here in the city council that's willing to speak his mind you know and until things get done yeah <laughs> definitely definitely super super needed yeah. super needed and uh, but thank you I mean I think I think from a lot of, like, I, I'm in the high school, I'm different classrooms, and I think sometimes there is that sentiment of, like, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to escape Modesto, right? The irony of it is that we even have, like, Love Modesto that just happened this past weekend. Uh, that's even just an event to bring people together, but, you know, I, yeah, I think our listeners definitely know, if not our people who are like, oh, I wanted to leave Modesto or whatever. But I think you're, it's a prime example that if you are here um, to grow in the community and to be active, um, I think once you start getting into the community work, I think you definitely start getting an appreciation for our city mm -hmm. and like seeing that there's a lot of people who are doing and doing the work, including yourself, Charlie. So, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for sticking around and, and helping us out. Oh, well, I'm glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll hear a little bit more about the organization that you're a part of and that you're the chief advocate for. After the break, you've been listening to The Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, co-host, Chris Rickey, and our very special guest, uh, chief advocate for Chalk Wild, Charlie Nguyen. Good day and welcome to The Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, co-host Chris Rickey, and our very special guest today, Chief Advocate for Chalk Wild, Charlie Nguyen. Welcome to Hello. our show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And you were, before the break, you were sharing with our audience about kind of your journey and even the, the tension here being in Modesto. Um, tell me, you, you started kind of an organization called Chalk Wild. How's your journey kind of connect you to, to <clears throat> Chalk Wild? It's kind of a, a long journey. So my, my older son, he came with the idea up in the raceable backpacks six years ago. And so it started just a side project because we thought it'd be very cool for creative kids to customize the backpack with their own art, right? And erase it so they can change the design. Um, 
fast forward a couple of years, um, some of my friends I know in the mental health field is saying that, telling me this could be a good art therapy tool, right? So I start looking into the art aspect of it, and I, I said, wow, it's, it's awesome that how how amazing art is. Um, <clears throat> so I, I kind of changed the name to an art therapy tool. And so one first five in San Juan King purchased backpack to give it with your kids. The ED there, she said, Charlie, you can't call it art therapy tool because you're not a therapist. So I know what you mean, but you cannot call it that because you're not a therapist. So I am, so I can call it that. So I call someone as something else, right? <clears throat> so it's, it's learning along the way. And the more research I, I, did, I, I did into um, art and, and kids, and I see that doing art regularly helps kids improve their self-esteem, uh, relieve stress, anxiety, and it helps some other skill set as well, like you know, self, you know, self-confidence and and creativity. Um, <clears throat> and just just recently, it it kind of dawned on me. Um, I was lucky enough to be a part of this called uh, ALF, it's a, a, a mega leadership forum. And through the whole process, I learned a lot about a, a lot about me. Um, they have a lot of trauma that I suppressed, right? I mean, grew up in the war after Vietnam, uh, after Vietnam War. There's no running water. There's no electricity. Um, you know, I only remember the fun things like we play soccer. Mm. You know, how but old were you? Doing I that? was as the war ended seventy seventy five. I was two, um, but when I was old enough to remember, probably five six. And you know, remember we have to carry water up four flights of stairs. Uh, we not we have to line up at the faucet, a public faucet, to carry water up. And so all those things are trauma that cause you know things that I didn't know about until um, recently when I learned that all this trauma caused depressions and low self that kind of thing. And I went through that, but I didn't know why. So when I knew why, um, I try to work on to improve myself. And uh, so LF is certainly is start the process of self discovery and and I guess healing. And so when I, when I realized that, I started to work on, my, on myself um, to improve myself, to build my self-esteem. Um, so it took me over 40 years to, to realize that. So what I want is for this uh, program, the Chopwell program, is, is a tool to help kids who are in the low-income area, who have experienced trauma, to overcome all this trauma uh, so that they can have a better chance of success, you know, in school and life. Yeah. Um, they don't have to wait 40 years for that. Yeah. So that's why it's, it's one of the things, that's why I'm passionate about it. Yeah. And that's why I, I don't mind being persistent, you know, badgering people sometimes. And it turns out, you know, fear is only in my head, right? It's like, I worry about being persistent, being like badgering people. And a lot of times people say, you know, I appreciate you falling up because they got other things to worry about. You know, they forget. So it's good that I, keep, I remind them now and then. And so, you know, things happen um, just because of, of that. And, and because I have more self-confidence. Um, <clears throat> I have a story that I kind of share a little yeah, story. Yeah, please, yeah. Um, so I had coffee with a friend of mine. He's a priest at Ali Fatima. And... Uh, for two hours, we have coffee. We talk about all kinds of different things, and and he said, um, Charlie, what you do is it's pretty cool. He said, you're helping kids improve their self-esteem. In the longer run, you're helping kids, you know, you help improve society. But he said, ultimately, you're working for God. And my first thought was like, it's kind of cheesy, right? I was born and raised Catholic, never been a good one. 
<clears throat> but I thought about it, and I thought it kind of makes you know kind of makes sense, right? And so the more I thought about it, for whatever reason, my my faith it kind of came back a little bit. You know, I said, okay, now I have a higher sense of purpose. Um, so a few days later, I was at a coffee shop waiting for a friend of mine, and she was late. So I took out my notebook and started writing about my new presentation for my for the backpack programs. And next to me, there's a, a, an older older gentleman and two ladies. And the guy asked me, hey, what you doing? And I, I told him what I'm doing and a little story behind it. He said, that's pretty cool. And he said, what we do, we pray for people out loud, right? And he said, you mind we pray for you? Hmm. And I said, absolutely. And so he asked me, so if God can give you one thing, what do you want? And I said, I think I would want a lot of money so that I can bring this backpack program to kids without having to ask for anyone, you know, to do, do, uh, for donations. Yeah. Right? So they prayed for me there. <clears throat> and um, so after I left the coffee shop, it kind of hit me and I said, the old me, I would have said, no way in hell I would let you pray for me in the coffee shop, right? Mm -hmm. Out loud. I said, you can pray for me, but not out loud. Yeah. So the fact that I allowed that to happen, that meant my self-esteem has improved a little bit mm. for me to be able to allow that to happen because I didn't worry about people, how people think of me. Yeah. Um, so that I think that kind of a, a, um, a moment in time that affirmed, you know, kind of affirmed for me that, you know, I'm, I'm on the right path and, you know, improve my self-esteem a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, uh, I just felt good about that. Definitely. And I'm thankful for your journey. I'm thankful for your growth. But it sounds like, you know, it's interesting because I'm hearing like, it once was a passion pop project, still is a passion, but now it's almost like intergrained into like who you are. It's like, because I want, I'm growing and I've learned that, you know, there's things that have happened in my life and my own trauma. Now I'm like, ooh, like now this, this project you already had now has like, like more fire to it. You're like, oh, I really want to make a difference so that other kids can have moments where they can express themselves or allow themselves to be cared without feeling bad about themselves. It's, yeah, it's become like a mission. And, and I think because of that, people are willing to help. Like um, the example, you know, I have lunch with a couple of friends a couple of days ago. And it's like, you know, they start picking up phone and calling people and, and texting people to connect me with, you know, people. And Jill connects like I'll call Chris, you know, and then connect me with the superintendent of uh, San Joaquin small County. Small world, man. It is San Joaquin small County Office of Ed, you know. And people are uh, love to help. Another friend, she said, you should get certified as a DBE, which is this doing business is disabled, uh, disadvantaged business. Mm -hmm. She's certified for the state, so that yeah. way I can get into the uh, the airport concession stands. And so, you know, I could never think of these things. Mm. unless someone else advised me or tell me about it, right? So they see the value of, of this program, so they want to help. Um, before here, I came from Dr. Medical Center. I had a meeting with a lady there. She's the chief strategy something officer there. And um, she said, right now we don't have the budget, but I love, the, I love this program, this product, and this, you know, the, the, what you're doing. So I want to think about whom I can connect you with, right, to get it out there. So. You know, it's, it's things like that. It make me very happy. Besides the fact seeing kids again, really happy, um, you know, doing art. And we had we did a program at uh, a pilot program at Rose Avenue School, 
and the kids just send me this thank you card say thank you for inventing this backpack you know I can calm my mind when I'm angry now wow. you know things like that it's, it's just make it all worthwhile you know all the no's yeah yeah that's awesome you know you've been listening to The Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app this is your host Ulysses Vasquez co-host Chris Rickey and our very special guest, uh, Chief Advocate for Chalkwild, Charlie Nguyen. Hello and welcome back to the Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on the iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, Chris Ricky, and our Chief Advocate for Chalkwild, Charlie Nguyen. Welcome back. Yeah, Charlie, hi. thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to share also is... This month, before you ask your question, Chris, um, is... I have so many questions. You, okay. limit to one or... Uh, it's a quick one. It's a quick one. Uh, this, this month is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage <clears throat> Month. And you are from Vietnam, you mentioned? Yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about um, like what your experience has been as a, kind of a... Are you Asian? Are you considered Asian Pacific Islander? I'm, <clears throat> I'm still learning here. So I'm not sure what Vietnam, where, where that would fit. Well, um, so my so I, I think you would consider it to be Asian Americans, okay. or you would more specifically be Vietnamese American. Okay, <clears throat> and it's one of the things I've been, it kind of been start thinking about lately, is that, you know, I is let me say that just say it, and if it, it sounds wrong, let me know. For a lot of white people, they don't say they like European American or French American or Irish, you know, <clears throat> but we always identify ourselves. Oh, we. Asian American, um, you know, or Vietnamese American, or whatever that, whatever that is, and um, so I don't know. It's, it's, I'm still trying to learn a lot about, you know, what's to say, what not to say, yeah. and what's the right one is. And um, you know, there are really rules in this. Stuff. <laughs> I'm not sure who wrote the book on self-identification, um, but I do think there's much grace. I think we all have the ability to have the right to really identify ourselves as, especially ethnically wherever we please, um, according to our family of origin and things like that. So, yeah. But in our city, it's mostly... But I'll say, like, just throwing it out there, yeah. like, as Americans, I think it is sometimes hard to define yourself as, you know, by your kind of... your, your where you originated, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm Greek and English myself, but... I'm not Greek or English. I'm American, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's, it's weird. Yeah. You know, when I go to those places, even though I'm a first generation, I'm, I'm an, it, it, technically kind of an immigrant too, I'm an anchor baby, specifically. So I was born here, but my parents were immigrants. Oh. Um, but I still have family in England, and so we'll go back there from time to time. But, like, I, when I go to England, I am an American. Like, no one goes, like, oh, you're English. No, that is not something that happens. Even though I can get an English passport if I want it. Yeah, wow. <clears throat> well, that's interesting because you, you don't identify yourself as, Af, you know, Greek-American, right? You're just right. American. Right. So, even though I am a naturalized citizen... But I'm American, right. right? But still, like it's it's some part of me identify myself as I'm Asian American or Vietnamese American. I think by doing that, 
it, it does a disservice to us instead of just we're American yeah mm. you know we look different but just American I think we just start doing that <clears throat> and f- for for me being as American it's I I, I've, I got discriminated in different ways it's interesting many years ago I was in, in Thailand and we were at the bar so I, my, my friend I traveled with was white guy and we were at the bar drinking and the barmaid said he's American I'm not American mm. so you know little drunks like I have proof to you I'm American I'll show you my you know passport my driver license she said no you're not American it finally dawned on me to her American is blonde hair blue eye mm. white right <clears throat> so I can I can prove I can pull out all kind of paperwork to her it's not <clears throat> Um, another example of that is is we used to backpack through Southeast, Southeast Asia with a couple of friends, they both white, and we ran out of money, so we stopped at a, a language school in Vietnam and said, hey, can, can we get a job here to teach uh, English, right? <laughs> so they hired us, but they pay my friend 20 bucks, they pay me 15 for doing the same job. Oh, wow. Right? That's awful. <clears throat> wow. And to make the matter worse, this is, this is the, 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 the BS and all this. They pay a Russian guy and a Polish guy twenty bucks just because they blonde hair, blue eye. Wow. They can't even speak English. And so, but you know, for them it's a business decision because the students look at them as a foreign teachers, right? Mm. So why don't you pay the money to attend the school because they get foreign teachers? Mm-hmm. Me, I'm not a foreign teachers, even though I'm doing the same job as the other guys. Um, so it's kind of interesting, you know, being. You know, here you like you're not American enough, and there you're not you're not American enough either. It's kind of it's it's an interesting experience. You yeah. know? It's also funny yeah. though how I see I see some of my like Mexican American friends when they go to Mexico, they're treated significantly different than than you know people who are of Mexican descent who li- who are, live in Mexico and have only been to Mexico like never left Mexico yeah it's crazy to me how they're treated you know they call them gringos and stuff like it's really crazy to me and it's interesting because for myself when the first time I went um, back to Mexico to visit the town where my mom grew up um, pulled up in the car it was an evening and my cousin comes up to me introduces himself for the first time this is like the first interaction I have when I go to Mexico and he and we I say hey hola como estas like hey how are you and he immediately says oh tu espanol está bien mucho which to our listeners who don't know it means your Spanish is very white <laughs> oh my god that's the first thing that I that was the first thing that he told me and I was like wow I was like oh my gosh uh, and so it was just and it's, it's the same thing it's like oh you're the American guy and stuff and um, but it, it was different because it's like yeah we're you know we're both we're like our moms are cousins we're blood we're blood and like wow okay Uh, thanks I guess Um, and my cousin who grew up in an area where it was a lot more predominantly people from my mom's family they you know she spoke exactly like and she blended in very well we're both American and so she got a different kind of treatment and like acceptance into the group you would say and rather like me I was like a little bit more of an outsider so I, I definitely felt that um and yeah, I mean, I think it's, it is, I think it's a great conversation um, to talk about, like, I'm being American, like, for myself, 
do I say I'm Afro-Mexican-American or do I just say I'm American? So yeah. I, I definitely understand that, yeah. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we just call ourselves American, you know, just be done with. So that way there's no, <clears throat> you know, people keep saying that word matters, right? So we, we just start changing out the words that we use to describe ourselves. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, I like it. Yeah. 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 No, I think it, it does, I think it allows us to, I think, find some a common unity. Um, I think in that as well, it's important to also, I think, acknowledges the cultural differences as well in the spaces, I think. Well, I think it's important to have pride in your origin. Totally, right? like, totally. I, I'm proud of where I'm from, but it doesn't define who I am. Definitely, right? like, definitely. And I, I feel like there's a lot of opening for everybody with that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are definitely a melting pot here in the in the, in the states. That's the ideal, right? Yeah, that's what we're going for. Definitely. I felt like for a long time that's where we're heading, you know, and then it got a little weird for a while. Yeah, and we're still making it unweird a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, as an American, a person from Asian descent, um, what is your experience before we go to our break? Just being a community leader, and especially Modesto. I, not as strong representation in that community. <clears throat> we, there's different groups that supposedly represent different very Asian communities, um, but at the same time, we don't have big enough voice, you know, in the community, in the government. Mm. Um, we don't go to council meeting to voice our opinions. So a lot of time, you know, we get left out of the discussions. Why not? Um, <clears throat> Why don't you go to the council meetings more? It has a lot to do with cultural things mm. as 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 Asians, because um, American we are individualistic in society, right? Mm. But for a lot of other countries like Asian, is as communal. You don't want to raise. You don't want to cause trouble. You you want to be you know harmonious with with community so we don't want to raise our voice we don't want we don't want to um you know make a lot of noise and, right and now there are the young the younger generations that start to you know ignore that rule and then become american i want to speak up you know i want to tell them what i my piece my my mind mm -hmm. and which is great but for the little older generations uh, um we tend to shy away from publicity from you know it's from, interesting um and that's why we get kind of left out a lot of well, give me an example like i had to uh, one i had um to do appointments for the for the Modesto police um civilian review board this week and you know of the 73 applicants there were like four african-americans two hispanics like and everybody else was white, basically. And, um, you know, that's not where we want to be. Uh, no Asian, no people mm -hmm. of Asian descent at all. And that's not where I think our community should be. And so this is what I always am encouraging, but like, you know, get more involved. You, not just, not you in particular, but like everybody. Like, what's, it's okay. This is your government. Yeah, definitely. This is our community. Mm -hmm. um, our government and... Yeah, I th yeah, thank you for sharing that, Chris. And uh, that's why I think I'm greatly admiring of, of you and you being a role model for that uh, in, in the community. Totally. Like, what you're doing with your program is exactly what we yeah. need. Yeah. 
We'll catch up to the break. We'll talk about Chalk Wild and the future of that organization. You've been listening to The Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, co-host Chris Reiki, and our special guest, guest Chief, Chief Advocate for Chalk Wild, Charlie Nguyen. Welcome back to The Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 mm-hmm. and live on iHeartRadio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, Chris Ricky, and our very special guest, Chief Advocate for Chalk Wild, Charlie Nguyen. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. We're it's wrapping it up here. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it has been. And I love the direction our conversation has taken. Um, I want to bring us back to a Chalk Wild, right? Um, you said it started uh, six years ago? Yeah, about six years six ago. Six years yeah. ago. Um, now that it's gone started and you have a new passion for it, um, and you, you realize the importance, and I think professionals, I saw on your website, there's a lot of um, professors and and psychologists who are advocating for it. Uh, where do you see the next five years? What do you hope to see of Chuck Wild into the future? Man, I, I hope to see this all over the U.S., uh, especially in the, in the underserved area. Um, <clears throat> and one of the one one of the thing is is keep is keep bugging me. Um, I'm gonna find a way to do this. Is you see a lot of refugee kids from war-torn countries like Ukraine, you know, Syria, the, the Middle East, that kind of thing. And so a lot of kids are displaced. And so they want, they're in the refugee camp. Um, a lot of people are using art as a way to help them deal with their trauma. So I would love to be able to get, you know, our program back to them with other supplies or books and that kind of thing. So they have something on the back they can do art on it, you know, when they when they want to. Um, just for a way for them to ex- kind of get their feeling, their anxiety out, you know, so they can overcome all those trauma. Um, you know, as someone who's been through that, I, I can see the importance of it now that, you know, they need a tool for something, for something like that. You know, they can do art on paper, but with a backpack, they can do art on it. They can show off the artwork. Um, or they can do art on it, and then someone don't can see that, and it could be a a flag, red flag. I'm gonna start a conversation. So, let's say for example, if some kid draws some a picture with someone's gun, someone else's head, right? Mm-hmm. And you see that instead of saying that's a bad eraser, don't want to draw that, you know. And so don't say, hey, tell me more about what's going on, mm-hmm. right? So I learned that from from my mental health friends, and because I said in the past. The people say that's a stupid idea because kids can draw something really crazy and stupid on there. Mm. My only comeback was like, it's erasable, so if you don't like it, erase it. <laughs> but now my response to that is that you know it's it's a window into the world. You know you have a responsibility to see that to help them. You know can ask them, get start a conversation, learn more about why. You know so that you can provide some help. Um, so my 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 dream to have this you know, all over the country. Um, and some years, about three years ago, actually I was in Vietnam and I knew, I met a lady who ran a, um, a, a nonprofit there that helps with the um, human trafficking. And they have summer camp for kids, you know, learning different things um, so that they can have a education job so they don't, you know, get into human trafficking situations. Mm. 
And so she loved our program. So actually she wanted some backpacks and I was there and I was able to find a local supplier, mm. make the backpack for us. And then I ordered markers from China to ship it to Vietnam, you know, 700 backpacks and markers and I start doing art during the summer, which is pretty cool. So my, my hope and is to That's have awesome. that over US and, wow. you know, anywhere else. And, you know, it's, it's a simple thing. It's not high tech, but it's effective and it's fun. I think we need less high tech. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I'm like, um, like with my with my kids, it's like, all right, um, no, let's let's try to do no electronics until at least kindergarten. So like we, they have kindergarten, you don't have a choice because they start putting you, you're in school, and so the school starts putting them on the computer. But that's like what we've done is like no pads or phones or whatever into you know we'll have to watch some TV or whatever, but like not none of that none of that electronic stuff and so like you talk about your backpacks and and um and like how they interact in terms of helping you recognize when people are having mental health mm-hmm. uh episodes i just think it's really it's incredible and it reflects our society's better understanding of mental health and how it impacts people every day and how it impacts the decisions people make every day and I think that's why this backpack program is just so compelling yeah and you know recently there was a the US uh, general surgeon uh, or surgeon general actually I saw something about general, that yeah. uh, talked about loneliness being such mm-hmm. a um, just epidemic in our in our society in, in America and they said equivalent to 15 cigarettes uh is like wow. the impact of you know, loneliness and they, they had some suggestions for almost like the community um, and it was kind of talking about like revamping social structures like parks and libraries um, enacting uh, pro connections like uh, public transportation or paid family leave um, but the next one uh, well the one of the other ones is reforming uh, digital environments to critically evaluate our relationship with technology and I think I mean, that's that it, is I think. just so smart. That yeah. is, right? And I think it, it, we have come to a place where we need to really seriously, like, recognize, you know, what is my relationship to this device? And I think for especially because I work with students all the time um, from kinder to, to high school, um, they don't really have an outlet, uh, a positive <laughs> outlet to express the things that they're going through mm-hmm. inside of their world, you know? Uh, and social media is just a lot of input. They're just getting a lot of input. But what is, what is the space where they can express that? And then where is the space where they, an adult could come alongside and actually share, hey, hey, let me tell you a little bit more about this when I'm mad or I'm sad or things. And so a backpack that they can wear a window into the world to help them feel confident about their artwork and also to recognize like, there's other ways for me to express my feelings other than just going on my phone. <laughs> Um, I think that's so needed, you know. Right. And, you know, for people, it's like, you should add this and this and this, like, you know, a charger. And I felt like, you know, no, I don't. I want to keep it low tech, right? No tech. Because that's what I want. You know, I, I, people send me pictures of their kids um, at the airport waiting for the flight with a backpack and they play tic-tac-toes and they picture on it. That's what, that's what makes me happy, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, use that, that creative brain. Um, I... I have a fort, uh, uh, 
up until you talk with this guy named Casey Wynn, he's an attorney. He he co-founded uh, Family Justice Center and and Camp Hope. Okay. And he's the founder one of founder of that and started in San Diego. And he co-wrote a book called uh, Hope Rising um, with a guy in uh, and a professor. I forgot his name, but I remember there's a story in there by. Uh, Dr. Vendercoat is is like world premier expert on uh, child trauma, child trauma, and they, he told the stories of this kid who witnessed the plane of you know plow into the the twin towers. Mm-hmm. So he saw all that. He saw people jump out of the building, you know, fire die, and so when he drew a picture, he drew a picture of the the, the building, the plane, people jumping out, and the bottom he he would add. A trampoline in there. He said because the trampoline for people, if the next time that happens, they don't have to die. Hmm. And so this this uh, psychiatrist said that's the way he dealt with trauma. You know, he, he used his imagination to change the story, to make a positive spin on it, so that you know that's how he dealt with his trauma. Yeah. And so, you know, art is very powerful. Um, and so anytime we have a, a, a venue or, or a tool yeah. to help us do that, I think that's very helpful for us and for kids. And studies after studies show that like, there is a positive correlation to uh, the emotional well-being of a person through using art. And right. so, I mean, this is just another ex- space to express that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So thanks for for having your backpacks. It's such a simple thing, too. Um I was going to ask for for you, um, what are your plans this year um, that you have either community-wise or um, for Chalk Wild? Do you have any things coming up that you want to share to our audience or our listeners? Um, I don't think I, I don't have I don't have anything in a, anything in a particular um, event, um, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I would like to get some help. From anyone who has some ideas that you improve the products, or anyone say, "Hey, this would be a good, you know, group to connect with that they can use this kind of thing." Um, so I, I would love to have you know that kind of connection with with different groups, different people. I get ideas all the time. That's really cool ideas I never thought of before. Um, so yeah, things like that. People you know say, "Hey, have you thought of this? Yeah, have you tried this? Yeah, yeah. have you talked to so and so?" It's like you know, Jill. You gotta talk to Chris, you know. And you know, I says Chris is the guy who know a lot of people, progressive, transparent, and it's all about education about kids. Yeah, definitely. And I think as we as we're wrapping up the segment, I think one thing I'm definitely more appreciative is there's simplicity in the way to serve our our youth and our community, right? It. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're like, oh, we got to get like the next high tech thing and like the best software for these things. And I mean, the things are great in the education realm, but like something as simple as a backpack that can help them promote themselves, uh, advocate for themselves and also allow parents or guardians or teachers to come alongside and say, hey, we see you and we want to care for you. Um, and like just applaud like dude look at the art you did like kids yeah. love that like, that builds that self-esteem um that that's an incredible work that you're doing yeah like, so it's so cool. the art on the, on the fridge now you know it's on the back put on your back right? yeah so everyone can get enjoy it it's, instead of just the parents exactly yeah it's like a little personal like 
billboarded in certain kind of a way. I'm yeah. Like, hey, this is how I'm feeling today. Yeah. I love that. This is yeah. who I am. This is, I love Spider-Man today. I'm going to put that on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's been, it's been wonderful chatting with you, Charlie. And yeah, we encourage you to continue doing what you're doing and um, su- super proud of your growth and all that you're doing in our, our community. So thank yeah, you. Thanks yeah, for thank making you. Modesto better. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Definitely. You guys make Modesto better as well. So. well thanks. Oh, Appreciate awesome. that. I'm happy to be part of this. Thank you. You've been listening to The Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360 and live on iHeart Radio app. This is your host, Ulysses Vasquez, Chris Ricky, and our very special guest, Chief Advocate for Chalk Wild, Charlie Nguyen. Keep Chalk Wilding.